Hi friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with y'all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things. And I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. Hey friends, today on the podcast, I'm chatting with my friend Deborah, and she is just such a light and joy. I'm so excited about this conversation. Deborah works at a place called the Sparrow's Nest, which is a home for teen moms and their babies. And so it was really fun hearing about her experience there. And I'm really grateful because she just shared her story with us today um, of her life and just what the Lord has walked her through, through all the highs and the lows. And so I'm just really grateful for her taking the time out of her day and just being so honest and vulnerable with us. So I hope you guys will really enjoy my conversation with my new friend, Deborah. Deborah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am so grateful that you are here and it really just means so much for me for you to do this and um, for you to to share your heart and your story today. And I think it's just going to be such a gift to so many people. And so I am so looking forward to this. Me too. I, I completely high five you on that. I've been waiting for this all week yay yeah. oh my god me too <laughs> we've both been so excited for this that just makes me so happy so i would love for you to share just a little bit about who you are and what your life looks like give us just a little lowdown on the life of deborah well let's see um i'm 45 years old and people can say why in the world would she tell somebody how old she is <laughs> because i'm grateful and thankful that i am able to say that because I've, I have so many friends that didn't make it to this mm-hmm. age. So I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm 45 years old. I, um, I am a grandmother of two. Um, my That's grandson sweet. is a year old and my granddaughter now is six months. And I call them my little fluffy kids because they're oh kind of chunky. And I, I love it. You know, I have to find a, a healthy word for them so they won't, you know, Grandma, why are you calling me fat? Well, you know, you're a little fluffy, but Grandma loves you. Oh, my God. So I have a um, 27-year-old daughter and I have an 18-year-old son. Um, absolutely amazing, wonderful mm-hmm. family. I come from a background of a lot of kids. My mom, dad, all together, if I had to count, my mom had six of six kids and my dad has four. So if you put those numbers together, yeah. that's a pretty big family. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I come from a big, big family. We love um, doing things together. We love sharing our time together. We try to come together once a month to do family things and... Um, share the goodness of God. We always meet together. We, we get in a big circle and we pray together for our that. whole entire family because yeah. we are a family that truly believes that um, a praying family is a staying family. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that so much. I, oh my goodness. I just can't wait to hear all about like who you are and, and yeah. dive into your story. And I just, it really means so much for you to be here. Thank and, you. Um, to open up your home. Thanks for letting me come yes, crash here, girl. Please. My home is your home. <laughs> also, can we just side note, and you're going to kill me for saying this, but 45, sister, you look like you're 28. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, that's the you... best I've heard so far. I've heard 30. I... 
It's, I appreciate you. You are so stinking pretty. I when I saw a picture of you, I was like, shut up. There is no way. <laughs> there is literally no way. Thank I absolutely you. love it. So fun. So we um we've talked for a little bit um on the phone before, but we're pretty much total strangers, um, quite honestly. And yet it's so cool because when we did talk on the phone, I felt like I was talking to an old friend. And um, awesome. there's something about like being sisters in Christ yeah. and having that bond um, that I feel like connects you in a really unique way. And so it just it's just so fun. Um, so that being said, I would love for you. Um, I know that, that we've talked a little bit about your story and your song. My you song. Your song. Yeah. And so I would love for you to just share a little bit of your song with us. Sure. Um, I'm not, My story goes so back. I mean, way back from when I was a child. Um, God has been calling me since I can remember. I just remember when I was a young kid, I used to walk to school and um, I used to kick rocks walking to school and talking to the Lord at the same time. And I used to say, Lord, I know that you're real and and I know you're going to take care of my mom and my dad. And I came from a very, um, I came from a, a background of, of uh, abuse, mm. um, not physically abuse from myself, but my mom and dad, um, they shared a lot of that between each other. And it was it was not a good sight as a child to see that. So that's why I talked to Jesus so much when I was young, because I, yeah. I always had to feel like I needed to pray for that situation. Um, growing up in a house with three other sisters and myself, it was um, it was it was kind of rough. My mom was when my mom and dad finally divorced. Um, my um, we moved back to Missouri because we were military kids and so while we traveled a lot around the world and we finally my dad finally decided that he wanted to move back to missouri um we came back home because his family's here my mom's family's yeah. here and that's when the whole marriage ended mm -hmm. and so my mom had became a single mother and um she basically just kind of like you know tried to raise us the best that she could and we ended up being homeless so we went into the shelter and um it just seemed like at that moment those were some very dark days in our lives because yeah. We didn't understand. We were little kids and didn't understand, like, how can you go from living in a house with a father and yep. a mom? And then all of a sudden it just doesn't happen anymore. Right. So that, to me, started the trauma in our life. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, my story, my song is um, it's pretty long, but I'm not going to sing it too long. So I'll just kind of. Girl, <laughs> you can take all the time you want. Wait, this is this is why I'm here. You just share anything and everything. I appreciate that. So my mom. Um, you know, she has four kids now and she's single and she's trying to figure out how to do it all. But one thing I can truly say about my mother was she was strong in the mm -hmm. Lord. And um, she taught us everything we needed to know about um, Jesus at a very young age. I just remember being young. My mom would put her gospel music on every day. She would play the same songs all the time. But my mom just didn't understand. I, she probably did get it, but my mom knows now because 99% of her children are serving God. So we're yeah. Christians these days. And, but my mom, she, and I, you know, I tell her all the time, if it wasn't because of you and my grandmother praying for us and being consistent with just showing us that, you know, the love of God and installing the word of God in us so young, we probably wouldn't be the where we are today. Yeah, totally. It, you know, one of the scriptures, I love all the scriptures in the Bible. I love the Bible. I, I sleep, eat, breathe, and drink the Bible all day long. <laughs> I, I'm I serious. It. It, it's the foundation. Jesus is the foundation of my life. And yeah. I tell him every morning, I say, God, you know what? I don't know what the world can do without you, but I know I can't do nothing yeah, without you. Absolutely. My heart, my soul, my mind depends so hardly on you. And so um, 
with that being said, my grandmother was an evangelist, a prayer warrior, mm -hmm. and she will invite anybody to her house to know about God. So my mother and my grandmother had Bible study in her basement all the time, and they would just invite people to come. And I just remember the times when I would go in her basement, and my grandmother would say, she, my mother's name is Deborah. So I'm oh named my after my mom. And so my grandmother would call me Little Deborah. Little Deborah, she would say, Little Deborah, <laughs> let me sit down, let me tell you about Jesus. Mm. And I would just suck it up. And it was just wonderful to me. And, you know, just knowing that God had, you know, his hand on me as a child and yeah. then growing up. And then my grandmother introduced, you know, continued to introduce Jesus to us. And it just, it brought a, it brought so much impact on my life. Yeah. Um, I always knew that Jesus was real. Um, I just remember, uh, times when I, like I said, I would be going to school, kicking those rocks, going to school, and I would just be praying to him. And because my mom and dad were in abusive marriage, I would always pray, God, I know that you're real. And I would say this, I have a praying grandmother, so I know my mom's going to be great. Mm. I trusted him. It's so amazing, like when you're young, how high your faith is. Yes. And then when yes. you get older, you start to lose that faith yep. a little bit. Absolutely. But then when you're young, you believe everything that yep. Jesus says. And it's like, man, I know, I knew my mother was going to be all right. Yes. I knew that God was fixing it, that he was healing, you know, that broke our broken family. But um, I'm saying all that to say this. It starts young. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus in his word, it says many were called, but few were chosen. I was chosen. Mm -hmm. And as I gotten older, you know, I never stopped loving God. Now, you know, I can't say I've always been a Christian because then I wouldn't be telling the truth. Right. Um, None I of us have been. You right. Know I mean. <laughs> exactly. That's why sometimes when I hear people say, oh, I was raised in church and I was brought up in church. And I always wonder, were you in church the whole time or did some of that part of your life, you kind of jumped out of church and right. then you got back in? Right. Because like going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? It right. doesn't. That's a good point. It <laughs> you know, you're, that's the truth. But I just remember... Um, just being a teenager and having all of that trauma back on the life, you know, knowing that, you know, I was brought up in a family where there was so much abuse. I started looking in re for relationships, thinking that I knew there were healthy ones and they really weren't healthy. Yeah. And I was, I was targeted to the men that were very violent, Yeah. you know, and I couldn't, I didn't understand that, but that's what I saw. Yeah. So I thought that's what love was yes. and it, and it wasn't. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm still at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm playing church, not knowing that I, you know, I was playing church. And what I mean by that was I'm, I'm in church and I have a relationship. I'm thinking I have this relationship with God. But on the other hand, I'm in this horrible relationship with these men who I think that can possibly love me more than Jesus. Yeah. Can. And so those relationships are very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I say unhealthy, they were abusive in mm -hmm. all type of ways. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, God was there for me. Yeah. And um, when I got out of those abusive relationships, that's when in those abusive relationships, Jesus was ministering to me. Yeah. He was telling me that he loved me, that I didn't have to be a part of that. And God was linking me with people. He was connecting me with people that were in those same relationships. And he wanted mm -hmm. me to open my eyes to see that this is not what I have for you. Yeah. And Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says that he knows the plans that he has for me. And when I really realized that, you know, it was not an abusive relationship that I needed to be in, I needed to be in a relationship with God. Um, he needed to be my first love. Mm -hmm. So that's when my eyes started opening up, you know, right. that I need to um, make better decisions, not just for me, but for my kids, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I was a single mom, a young mother, and um, my mother was a single mom. She was a young mom as well. And so, you know, it just showed me like sometimes you can, those generational curses come. 
-hmm. you know, because if you look at it, what I went through, what my mother went through, I went through. Mm -hmm. And a lot of stuff that my mom went through, a lot of us had went through. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I just told God as I got older and started maturing in, in Christ, I said, Lord, these generational curses have to be broken. Yes, yeah. I mean, seriously be broken because if we don't break them in this generation that I'm in right now with my sisters, it just continues. Absolutely. So all of the abuse from being a child, all of the abuse from being um, in, uh, you know, relationships with unhealthy with men that were not equally yoked to me. That mm -hmm. was the biggest mistake right there mm -hmm. for my life. Um, God showed me that through it all, he was there for me. Um, God's word is so true. It never mm -hmm. returns back for And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I look back on my life now and it was like, Jesus, you were always there, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm saying all this today, Jessica, because I want people to know that, you know, even if you, it seems like your life is hard. And I've always thought that growing up my life was hard, mm -hmm. but I didn't understand like then, like I do now, my song, it, it was all a part of my song, all a part of me getting to the point where I am now with the sparrow's nest, like with the you know, the residents that are, you know, that come mm -hmm. to sparrow's nest, those mothers, the same things that they go through are the same things that I've been through. Yeah. So. I can relate to them yes. when they tell me, you know, well, you know, they come in and, and, you know, appearance can be very judging. You know, you can judge a book by its cover on the outside and say, hey, it looks beautiful. But inside that, that story could be so broken. Yeah. And they, when they, when I meet these young moms, they look at me like, okay, you got it all together. How in the world could you have been homeless? Right. How in the right. world could you have had an abusive family? How in the world could you have ever been in an abusive relationship with a man? Right. And I tell them all the time, you know what? because it was a part of my song and people say, well, that doesn't make sense. Cause if Jesus loves you, why did he allow you to go through mm -hmm. that? Well, why did Joseph allow, why did God allow Joseph to go through what he went through? Right. Because right. he had to have that story. He had to right. have his song. And um, I always kind of look at my life like it was, you know, Joseph here. God is, he allows his brothers to, you know, sell him into slavery, but then he didn't understand why. Right. And then once he gets to the, you know, to the palace or, you know, to Potiphar and his wife, he went through that. And then this man gets thrown in jail mm -hmm. and he's in jail for so long. But the whole time God was dealing with him. People are saying, well, if your God love you so much, why would he allow him to go through that? Because a part it was a part of his journey. It was a yeah. part of his song. It's a part of what God was trying to do to get what he needed. And what mm -hmm. God wanted was the glory out the whole song. Yes. And that's how I look at my life. Like Jesus took. The Lord took Joseph from the pit to the palace. Mm. And that's exactly what God, I believe God is doing for me. Yeah. Um, he, you know, I, yes, I was in the pit as a child, but look at the palace now right. that God has me, you know, in, and I'm, am I saying that I'm there yet? No, ma'am. I have so much growing right. to do. Like, like we all do. Like we yes, all have so like, much, so far to go. So much growing to do. Um, but I'm thankful for where I am now because I'm not like I used to be. Yes. I love the new Deborah. Yes. I love that I can say, you know, I can identify an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. I like the fact that God has taught me that. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that that I'm single right now and that my first love is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. You know, the abuse that I experienced with my family when I was a kid. I don't do those things with my kids. But yes. see, that could have happened. Right. Because of what I what I saw. That right. generational curse could have continued. Right. But this was the, you know, this is the generation here where, where all of my siblings are saying, mm-mm, 
Yes. Satan is, yes. this this is it. Yes. You know, and that's it what does, you have to do. Yes. Because he'll exploit it. You I'm telling I mean? you. For, he will just take such advantage. Yes. That's his job is yeah. to rob, kill, and destroy us. Yeah. But I am so grateful the siblings that I have because, you know, like I said, we've all been through some rough times. It's growing up, you know, but we look at our life now and all we do is give God the glory for everything that right. we've been through. I remember sharing my song with a lady one time, Jessica, and I told her and she had this look on my face and she was just looking so sad for me. Mm -hmm. And she said, Deborah, if you ever become homeless again, you can come live with me. And I didn't know how to take that, Jessica. I looked at her and I said, I said, you know, what? I, I just want to say thank you for the invite. But if God takes me back through that route again, I will be homeless again for yeah. God just yeah. to be able to share this song with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So being at the Sparrow's Nest um, is a is a tremendous blessing for my for my life. Mm -hmm. I've grown so much there. Um, God has dealt with me on so many different levels mm -hmm. about Deborah, about me. Mm -hmm. You know, Deborah, are you approachable? Mm -hmm. um, where's your heart with this ministry? Do you know how to stay focused when I put you in a position? Um, yeah. Do you wear do or is this a performance or is this real? Mm -hmm. Everything that I go through in Sparrow is is for God's glory, but also for me to recognize that God is changing me so he can move me to the less, yeah. next level. But also to let those mothers know that if God can do what he did for me, yes. he can do it for them. Yes. God yes. loves them just as much as he yeah. loves me. And to tell them that, the look on their mm -hmm. face, it's just like, it, it. you can see actually their face just melting with tears. Well, there's hope there. Yes. There's hope there. Definitely you know, hope. when you can look at someone in the eye and say, me too, like you've walked through the, the same roads that they've walked through and you can say, me too. Like there is a power there that someone who hasn't walked through that can't say that. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so it's easy for people to be like, well, you don't understand. You've not been there. But when you walk those same roads and you can look at somebody and say, me too, that's a game changer. Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I, we, we, all the leaders and um, the staff at Sparrow's Nest, and I love them so much. They're definitely my sisters in Christ. We cry together, and we call it Tuesday, Crying Tuesday. We I cry together <laughs> on Tuesdays. I mean, oh we we get we get prepared, Jessica. We yes. whip out the box of tissue because we know we're going to be oh praying gosh. for each other and just you know loving on each other um, and helping each other through you know yeah. things that we go through. Not just at Sparrow, but you know when we're not at Sparrow, As we're people. at home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, you know I. I'm thankful for Sparrow again, like I said, because I'm growing and I get to sing my song to these women every day. Yeah. And um, when you can, when they can relate to you, that's when you won. Yeah. You won. You won a relationship with them because yeah. now they feel like I can speak to her about anything. Yeah. Um, but I go to church in Iraq, and my pastor is uh, Doctor. I mean, Pastor David Blunt. He is a doctor almost. He helps us. <laughs> And all the medicine that God gives him, he pours it on us. So, yes, I said it right the first time. I love it. Um, he has placed in my heart that the way that when you find, when you can relate to somebody, that's how you win a relationship. But when you can't relate, you lose the relationship. Mm -hmm. Because when people feel like you can't relate to them, then they have the tendency to back up. Right. And they then you, like, check out. Exactly. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But to tell these girls, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know that tear in your face. Mm -hmm. I know that one is saying I'm broken because no one understands me. Mm -hmm. And I know what that tear means on that side of your cheek, because that one is saying, you know, I, I don't think that there's hope for me. Yeah. And in times in my life, I didn't know like where my next meal was going to come from or, 
you know, I didn't know I was going to be here today at the Sparrow's Nest to be able to help me. Yeah. And I tell our mothers all the time, you have to truly be handpicked by God to come to Sparrow. Right. I'm serious because right. a lot of people, when I tell them about Sparrow, it's the first thing they say just because I've never heard of Sparrow before. Where yeah. is it located? Tell me more about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, tell us, tell us what Sparrow is. We keep going. Yes. So, um, this, this, the Sparrow's Nest is uh, it's a maternity home for teen moms. Yeah. Um, we house eight heartbeats. Mm -hmm. So four moms, four babies. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. so fun. And um, I got that from my boss, actually. I can't, I can't take it. <laughs> she, like, can't we, take the, credit the first time that, she said that, good. it just blew my mind. I was like, man, that I'm, man, I have got to use that. I love it. But it's definitely what that is. It's um, we, we, we house eight heartbeats, four moms, four babies. And they come from all type of trauma in their yeah. life. Yeah. I want to say 100% of our moms that come to Sparrow have trauma backgrounds. Oh, that doesn't, I mean, that's not surprising at all. Yeah, yeah. but it's all on different levels. Yeah. 80% um, of our moms, I believe, they come in with poverty mindsets and 50% mm. of them, no, I think it's 50% poverty mindsets and maybe 80% of them have mental uh, concerns. Mm. Yeah. So we take these mothers in and we love them to Christ. Yeah. We don't force Christ on them. We love them by Christ, to Christ by just living by example. Yeah. And um, sometimes we've had residents who come to Sparrow and we show them so much love. Jessica, they just, they can't suck it all in. Yeah. It's like, I can't deal with this. I've never seen this before. What do I owe you guys? You know, mm -hmm. and we just tell them, you don't owe us nothing but love, but that's still a choice. It's your choice yeah. if you want to love us back. Right. But we're going to continue being who we are in Christ and that's right. loving you. Um, I've been at the Sparrow's Nest now for a year, maybe six, seven months. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, until God says it's time for me to jump that ship, that's where I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, is it hard sometimes? Yes, because you deal with, you know, pregnant moms and their hormones are all over the place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have these these moms that are mothers, but they're they're still mothers, young, they're, they're, they're still kids, young, you know, yeah, they're, babies. they're babies, they're our babies. Right. And so um, not only are we living on their babies, but we're living on the baby that they are inside. Yeah. And yeah. so we have to really be careful because. You know, not, a lot of them have, they, they don't have those mother relationships or those yeah. father relationships. Yeah. So we try to make sure that we don't make them feel like we're taking, we're trying to add that in life and take, yeah. take that from them. You know, your mother wasn't there. So I'm going to take that from you and replace myself in, mm -hmm. the, in the place of that. That's not what we're trying to do. Right. Um, but they do have a lot of mamas there because our staff is all females. Yeah. So they get a lot of input from everybody mm -hmm. on how to nurse their babies, how to take care of their babies, how to feed their babies. Right. But um, we meet with our mothers once a week. We talk to them about the love of Christ. We, 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 we make sure that they have the things that they need. Um, Sparrow is truly a blessing to these mothers. Mm -hmm. Anything that they need, God provides for them. I mean, I'm telling you, Jessica, there's been times I've been in meetings with leadership and I'm like, you guys, we need this. And somebody are not going to do and say, hey, you know, God put this on my heart to bring this oh this baby gosh. swing war. Here's some pampers. Here's here's some baby wipes. And we're just our mouths, just like our mouths would hit the floor like Jesus. I mean, you talk about speedy delivery. Right. That's God. You <laughs> oh, know? my gosh. And, you know, some of our mothers that have actually jumped ship and said, this isn't for me. Some of those mothers have came back. Wow. Um, wow. One of our one of our staff members yesterday, um, we were discussing some things about our mothers that have left early before they completed the, you know, the um, graduated from the program. And I said, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I'm not doing my job as far as like when these mothers leave early. Right. And she said, Deborah, she said, if 
they leave and they come back, that's ministry. Yeah, That's saying that we did our job because they could say, well, no, I don't want to go back there because those people treated me mean or they didn't show me love or they Mm -hmm. said they were Christians and I saw something completely different. Mm They will come back and say, hey, I know that this is a safe haven for me. I know I need to be here. I know you guys are going to teach me all the things I need to know to be a great mother and to thrive in life for me and my child. And we do. I mean, the staff that I work with, the leadership that I work with, they go above and beyond. They've gotten in their cars before and went to Atlanta, Georgia to pick up a a young lady to bring her back to Missouri to make sure that she knew about Christ, to make sure that she knew that there was hope, healing, and love at Sparrow. Yeah. So it is a blessing to be able to work side by side with those wonderful sisters of mine at Sparrow and know that no matter what we go through, neither one of us are judging each other. Mm-hmm. We're not judging the residents. We're loving each other to Christ every day, and we're really encouraging each other to be the best that God has put us here to be. Yeah. We want yeah. our girls to know what their purpose is right. in life. Right. So that's what we work towards a lot, just making sure that our mothers know that your purpose here means a lot to us. Yes. And not just to us, but it means a lot to God that yes. you make sure that yes. your purpose is done so he can get the glory out of your life. Right, right. Because I think sometimes, too, like when you felt so much human rejection, you know, in your life that it can feel like it's the same way with God. You know, oh, like yeah. why would like if my own parents couldn't love me or you know, whatever, then, like, why would God ever love me? But, like, yeah. to have people in their life, like you, yeah. um, that say, no, like, I love you, but guess who else does? You yes. know what I mean? That it's, like, it's great that I love you, but let me tell you something mm-hmm. even better. I'm telling you know you, what I mean? Like, there's no love like Jesus' yeah, love. Nobody yeah. can love you like him. I always tell guys, that, man, Jesus, you are so suave the way you do things. I'm telling you, who would want to love on you every day? Who would want to just praise and worship you every day? Jesus does things that blows my mind. I mean, the way that he solves problems, the way that he um, heals people, their their songs and their stories and their testimonies that I hear. And I'm like, only Jesus could have done that. You know? So, you know, I'm thankful for my past. I am. People say, you know, don't don't think about your past. Don't dwell. Yeah, I don't think about I think about my past because my past has blessed me to where I am today. Yes. yes. And it's a blessing for me. You know, um, I just embrace God every morning with my heart. I give it to him and I say, Jesus, do with it whatever you will. Mm-hmm. And and one of my one of the questions I love so much that I ask God in the morning is, Lord, what task do you want me to do today? Yeah. It's so easy for me to give out tasks to people like, you know, I, I give my kids tasks to right. older kids. And I'm like, hey, you still got to clean the kitchen. You still have to do this. And But when I ask God to give me a task, I want him to put me to work for him. Mm-hmm. I want my vessel to be used. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that when God can look at me and say, I can trust Deborah to go out and do that. Yes. I can trust yes. Deborah to go out and minister to that person and she can be bold and confident enough to do it and know that it won't be her speaking to those people. It'll yeah. be my love and my yeah. spirit speaking through her yeah. to be able to minister to people. But um, I accepted Christ in my life when I was 25 years old. And um, it was the best decision in my life. Mm-hmm. But before I actually accepted God truly in my life, like I was raised in church, you know, right. like you said, you can go to church and just be sitting right. there and just be a body. But um, before I gave my life to Christ, I remember I had got my first apartment when I was um, like 21, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I just remember standing in the window one day, looking outside the window, and there was nobody outside. And it was just really weird to me because there's always the neighborhood that I was that I lived in at that time. There was always people outside, and I was broken, like just mm-hmm. really broken, just with all of the past. Like I said, with abusive relationship coming from a, 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 a mother of one, just raising her kids and seeing my mother struggle. So I remember one time I was standing in that window in my first apartment, and I said to Jesus, I said, God, why can't I be happy? And I heard his spirit inside of me saying, until you serve me, you will never be happy. Mm-hmm. And the, a week after that, that's when I gave my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And my life has not been the same since. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, we, it, yes, it's hard sometimes with this walk, but at least we know as Christians yes. that God is there walking with yes. us through that hard journey. Yeah. And that, you know, like I said before, he'll never leave us nor forsake right. us. But, you know, I'm, I'm only but grateful for everything that I've been through in my life. Like I said, I'm only cutting this story kind of short, okay. but my, my, my song is so long. But when I first got the Sparrow, the owner of the, the founder owner of Sparrow, her name is Carissa Figgins. She when she was interviewing me, she said to me, um, out of 30 people, God chose you. Mm. And. That blew my mind because that let me know at that moment, God said, Deborah, I trust you to do this. Yeah. You know, and this was the first time I had really ever worked side by side with. I've, I've been in situations in my life where I've worked with women that were pregnant, but not teenagers. Yeah. You know, so I was frightened. I'm be honest, just because I didn't, I did not apply for the house manager position at Sparrow. Mm. I applied for the family coach position. Mm. And Carissa, when she read my resume, she said, I'm so sorry, you didn't qualify for the um, family manager <laughs> position, the family coach position. She said, but you do qualify for the house oh manager gosh. position. And I was like, uh, okay. You're like, that was oh, not what I had in no. mind. I was like, Lord, if this is the, you know, the, the journey you have me down, yeah. I'm, I just, I'm going to embrace it and just, Know that you're there and you're going to walk me through it. And I'm telling you, it has been nothing but God. Because some of the things I'm experiencing in Sparrow, I've never, it has never been brought to my attention before. Mm. I've never been face to face with it before. And I'm like, God, how do I deal with this? You know, Lord, how do I deal with that? Or how do I overcome this? And God is always right there. Like, you do it like this. And he takes me straight to his word every time. And his word starts to heal. And it reminds me every day, this is why I sent you here. Mm -hmm. It's ministry. Ministry mm-hmm. sometimes can be hard, right? But it, it's it's not hard. It can be hard if you're in your flesh, but it was not hard if you're walking in the spirit of God and right. let Him lead you and guide you. Right. So that's when it becomes you know easy. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. I something you said. You said that you know a lot of people say like, why would you why would you think back on your past and why would you go back to that? And it makes me think of um, in the Old Testament so often. When God was speaking to the Israelites, he would tell them to remember. Yeah. Like, remember where I brought you from. Yes. And they would build these altars after, like, they encountered God in this place. Yeah. And he would be like, I want you to build this so that when your kids come back here and they say, why is there this, exactly. this stack of rocks? Exactly. You know what I mean? Then you can tell them what I did. Yeah. And, you know, and it's that same that. way. Not that we, we sit in, like, the brokenness of our past and wallow there, but that we can look back at the brokenness and then look back at what God has done and yeah. say, 
that's who my God is. Oh, like, yeah. this is what my God for has sure. done for me. And I yes. like see that all over your life and your story as you talk that like the reason why you can remember is because you're, you're resting on the faithfulness of who God is. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And that is just so beautiful to see and so beautiful to hear. Um, because I think that is like, that is the value of remembering, you know, because mm-hmm. it's really easy to, um, it's easy to forget. Like, it's easy to forget what God has done. It's easy to forget how hard something was sometimes Mm -hmm. um, or how good something was. And so I think taking the time to remember is is actually a really good practice, you know? I also, and I I have to high-five you on that one and also say, I think God wants us to remember. Yeah. Like you said about, you know, the, the children of Israel, God wanted them to remember. So, you know, sometimes when I hear people say, you know, my past is, it's, you know, it's horrible. I don't like to speak about my past. How can you heal if you don't? Mm-hmm. You have to, I mean, if, if you think about it, that's why God has people that are counselors for right. you to be, be able to sit down and tell me this was my past. Right. Your past can heal you or it can keep you, you know, stuck in somewhere. In bondage, yeah. yeah. You can yeah. be stuck in bondage. So we have to really think about, you know, like what choices we want to make. Either you want to start your healing process from your past or be stuck in a situation where you feel like I'm safe here. Yeah. Some people feel like I'm in the past. I'm safe here. I don't have to, I, you know, I'm afraid to go to the next level and get that healing process going. Yeah. But um, I'm not afraid. You know, I, I had one lady tell me one time I was telling her my song, singing my song to her. And she said, I'm not where you are yet. She said, I'm, I don't know if I can tell people my past. I don't know if I mm-hmm. can tell them some of the brokenness in my family. She, she said my family life or the things that I've been through. And I, I said, you know what? When it's your season, it'll come. Yeah. It, it, you'll birth it out. It's yeah. almost like being pregnant with yeah. it. But you don't want to stay pregnant so right. long. Right. If you think about it. <laughs> you can't be pregnant forever. Exactly. You got to get that baby, that yeah. ministry out of there. And so I'm like, and when your season comes around and yeah. that one person needs to hear it, yeah. then trust me, you'll have that baby. Yeah. But the birth and pains through it is so hard. Right. You know, right. I don't know. It, I've, had, I've had two babies, you know, and birthing is not it's not easy no. you know i mean but, i wouldn't know but yeah <laughs> but i can only imagine exactly it's, it's not it's not an easy process all the things that you go through to yeah. get those babies here yeah that's how it is with ministry it's a you have to it, god is birthing it out of us yeah. it's in us but if we if we don't if we don't allow god to help us push it push mm-hmm. it out mm-hmm. we'll get comfortable yeah you know our minds will get comfortable we'll get so comfortable in that spot that we don't want to be pushed or right. we don't want, we don't want to go through the process. And that's the part that people don't want to deal with is the yeah, process. Because the nitty gritty is yeah, messy. It is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's not the easy part. Right. You know what I mean? And it takes you out of your comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. So that's what God is doing for me this year. I'm telling you, Jessica, he is totally taking me out of my comfort zone. I love I'm that. like, God, you, you want me to do what? You want me <laughs> to do what? Lord, you know, I don't like doing that, but you know, I'm honest with God. You yeah. know, I don't I don't know about anybody else in their prayers with God. But I talk to God like we're speaking Yo. to each other right now. I'm like, Jesus, look, that made me mad. <laughs> I'm unhappy with this situation. And I think God loves it. I, I think God yeah. honors it when we can just come boldly to his throne with yes. respect and say, yes. God, look, Jesus, I'm mad at you right now because I don't think that this is fair. And then he's so merciful that he will lead us to his word and show us this is why I did it. Yeah. And if he doesn't do it that way, he has his own little suave right. way of showing right. us this is the <laughs> reason why. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. why I did it. Yes. But absolutely. I can brag about God all day long because there's so <laughs> much to brag about. You know, I, I never, ever get tired of speaking to people about the love of God. 
how much he loves them. And that, that brings me into the prison ministry. Yes, you yes. Know, um, I signed up at, uh, we have so many different uh, opportunities to get involved in things at our church, at Church in Iraq. Yes. So many different ministries to mm-hmm. get involved in. And to go back, my grandmother, that's what she did. She was an she evangelist really? and she went to all, probably maybe all the prisons in Missouri. Oh and she would, I mean, she was dedicated to it. And she was faithful with it. And I just remember watching my grandmother. So cool. I mean, it was, it's amazing. I, I just remember my grandmother telling me stories like she would go and she would speak to these inmates about yeah. God and Jesus and how they would be requesting for her to come back and back I and love back. That. I mean, my grandmother, even in her Bible studies in her basement, she would take up a collection just so she can get them Bibles in oh the my prisons. Gosh. That's you amazing. know, her mind and her heart for them just went out. And um, I just wish now, and I know I, you know, I I know that God has placed on my heart to take that mantle on my grandmother passed i want to say maybe three four years ago mm-hmm. and i just remember when she passed away i i said to jesus i said lord i want that mantle i want to pick that up yeah. lord please bless me with all the tools and all wow. the things that you had you installed in my grandmother god put that in me and then double it because i yeah. want to continue wow. the legacy of like that. elijah and elijah exactly, yeah <laughs> exactly so God, I put that in my heart and my heart, I have so much compassion for these men in prison. You know, God tells us in his word not to forget them, Mm -hmm. you know, and the the guys in the prison that I minister to and that I speak to about the love of Christ, they, one of the things that they say that that touches, that touched my heart so deeply, they'll say, Deborah, when we, when we, when we're behind these bars, people forget about us, Yes. yes, you know, and when they forget about us, we forget about ourselves mm-hmm. and then we get lost. Mm-hmm. And then we're just another number because mm-hmm. every, every last one of them has a number. Right. They're just inmate numbers. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I've had a lot of them tell me, Deborah, you know, when you write us, we treasure those letters. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, when you put money on our books, we treasure that. If it's no more than 20. I, and I always tell me, you guys, I. I only sent 20 and they're like, man, you don't understand how much yeah. that $20 means yeah. to us. And, you know, one of one of the guys that I speak with in, in the prison, he said, he said, Deborah, he said, it's not how much you send us. It's the thought that, it's that you did. You yeah. thought about me yeah. enough to do this. Absolutely. And so the prison ministry, I love it so much because it's a way of letting men know that God didn't forget about you. And he is using people's vessels to get to you, to let you know, yes, your past is what it is. But once again, I'm going to have you to remember your past to be able to to, to minister to somebody else about your past. And when you bring it to them and you explain it to them that way, they look at me with this strange like, are you trying to tell me, Deborah, that I've done this in my past and I've done that? And God He's not angry with me. He'll mm-hmm. take that and I can tell somebody else this story. Yeah. And yeah. it'll be a blessing to their life. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> that's like, it. Absolutely. You got it, brother. Yeah. You got it. And they're like, man, you know, that's so powerful. So one of the guys that I'm pen pals with, he's, and I, 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 he said, well, what book of the Bible should I start reading? Oh, I love it. And I said, well, start at Proverbs. Yeah. You know, I said, because yeah. Proverbs is full of wisdom. And I, he said, well, I'm full of wisdom. I said, well, you'll be, your cup will be overflowing now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, and so I told him, I said, well, we can read Proverbs together. So when we write each other, we can go, you know, discuss yep. the different yep. um, chapters. 
And he loved it so much. He just, he went, he read the whole went book. To town. I he love just it. read the whole book. And I said, well, dude, that's not fair. I, like, said, I thought we were going, I thought this was going to be a book club for the both of us. And he was like, no, it's so good. I just, I couldn't. He said, well, I'll go oh, back that. and I'll go back and start reading oh, it again. I love it. So, so, you know, just so we can discuss. I said, well, you know, if that's what you want to do. I said, but do you have any questions? And he'll ask all his questions. Yeah. And I tell him, look, I don't know everything. Right. And I said, but right. what I don't know, I will find the answers for you if yeah. i have to go to my own pastor and i have to go yeah. you know um to the i call them the big dogs has been walking this walk a long time you know so well um, we take for granted things like like google you know what i mean yeah. you can't think of a certain verse you can just google hey, it you sure and can. Like in prison like I'll, I'll be at prison sometimes and the girls are like um jess like there's this one verse and i i can't find it anywhere but it it's kind of like this like can you look it up for me when yeah. you you know when you get out and <laughs> exactly. you just take advantage of mm-hmm. the fact that like people that i mean we have so much resource out here yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. and they're living in a different world they are where you don't have that resource yeah. and so you're asking people questions or you're literally searching for it for, for yourself which yeah. is quite honestly the, the women that um i get to go minister to and, and spend time with like they know the bible better than i do because they're like that's awesome. forced to you know yeah. like to to find things on their own exactly. and you know what i mean whereas i'm like oh i don't know i'll google it like, <laughs> exactly and, but it's just crazy because you're like wow like when you really think about that like you can't just google a question you have or right. something like that like you really have to dig for yeah. it um which can be it can be hard but it can be really cool process that is too, cool process. you know yeah um with that being said, that's how it is. You know, I, I'm just going to say that I, I'm, I admire you. Look what you're doing. This is great. This is awesome. Um, God is going to con- continue to bless you. I mean, he's going to bless your socks off. You and be like, where my socks go? He's going to bless them off. You know, I, I had a pair on today, but now they're gone. God is honoring everything that you're doing. Oh, and you're in the prison ministry. You're out here getting people's story out to people to let them know that there's hope, there's healing, there's love in God. And that's huge. That's huge. Um, I, you know, and then you're working in the female ministry of this, you know, prison ministry. That's so we're, we're in the same world, know, but on so two different cool. ends yeah. of the earth, yes, you know, you deal with females places. and I yeah. deal with males. Yeah. And Which is so needed because the, the, you know, there's two maximum security women's prisons in um, in the state of Missouri, but like countless men's right. prisons, you know what I mean? And there's just such a, oh, there's just so much need. And I feel like you know, I, I've been to a men's prison once, um, inside when we had training and it was one of the most, um, like heart wrenching things I've ever done. Like I could just cry thinking about it, which is crazy. But like, there was something that was different about the men's prison than the women's prison. And it was so, um, much more sad and for whatever reason. And, um, and my heart just ached for them. And, and it was just, it was really cool because they actually, these men, um, we were at like a VIC training and, um, they they served us food and they made decorations and they oh, awesome. um, and they played music for us and I was just undone by yeah. that um, and they were just so kind and it was just so it, all that to say like what you're doing is so 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 valuable and so important and um, we and, and this is what I love about the body of Christ is that we can't do everything you yeah. know on our own but linked together our arms linked together like we can hit every place. Yes. You know what I mean? And that is so exciting. Yes, it is. You know? It's it's big, but we serve a big God. Yes. So what do we expect from yes. him? We serve an awesome God. Yes. I want to say this for the record. So um, back, I want to speak a little bit about my church. My 
I, I go to church in Iraq, Pastor uh, yeah. David Blunt, who's a phenomenal pastor, and his wife, Pastor Kim, great ministry, great, great uh, men and women of God who I love so dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first became a member of Church on the Rock, it was in 2004. I just remember sitting in my bed and I had just moved to St. Charles County. And I was like, I need a church home. Yeah. You know, I said, but God, I want a church home that's diverse so my kids can see that yes. every race serves you. Yes. You know, not just African-American men and women, um, but every race serves you. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in my bed and Church on the Rock popped up on my television. And mm-hmm. I saw Pastor David Blunt and I was like, Man, I started watching him every Sunday. And then one day the Holy Spirit said, look down at the bottom of the screen. And it was like in St. Charles, Missouri, St. Oh, Peter's. And I was like, my goodness. I was like, kids, get dressed. You're like, we're, we're going to go church. to church right now. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'm going back to that because, like I said, we have so many different ministries you can get involved in. And um, I just remember I'm a greeter now at, at Church oh, of Rock. So, I'm, you know, I, one yes. of the things I love the most is. That we are the first people that they see at the door. Mm-hmm. So that that is so important. That is mm-hmm. so important. And so when we when people come in the door, we say welcome home. But it's it that just that welcome home is so huge because as soon as we say it, you can see that the things are being lifted off of people's yeah. first. You can feel the burdens being lifted. Like, man, I've never felt so welcomed in my life. Yeah. But the ministries that they have. You know, I was, I said, okay, well, God, where do you want me to be first? And I always, I was sitting, and before I got active in church, I was like, I want to be a greeter. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, God put me in that ministry and I was, I'm so excited to be there. And then God started tugging on me a little bit. He was like, remember prison ministry? Mm. And I was like, yeah, what about that? And I had no idea that Church on the Rock had a prison ministry. That's insane. I had no idea. And so I went through, um, we have something called growth track Yeah. and it, it, it's, you know, they take you through classes so you can find out what your purpose is, your purpose is in life and, you know, how to be able to take the talents and gifts that God has inside of you and to be able to give back to people. Mm-hmm. And so when I completed Growth Track, I realized that I had so many different gifts. And I just remember that I don't remember the guy's name that was over our class, but he was like, man. You got a lot of gifts going on there. And I was like, well, maybe I didn't do the test right. Maybe I need to go back and do this over again. And I did. I went back four times and did it, that mm-hmm. test over again. And it was the exact same thing. Awesome. And so I was like, Lord, I want to, I said, God, I know I asked you if I could be in the prison ministry when my grandmother passed. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was saying, God, is it my season yet? Because after you right. graduate from growth track, now it's time for you to say, these are the, the ministries that God wants me. So you start to pick based off what we have there. And the prison ministry was one. And at first I got so afraid. I was like, what if I don't know enough? Right. Here's right. that fear. Right. Here's fear. What if I don't know enough to say? Right. What if I don't know enough about Christ to say, this is what God, you know, this is what God wants you to know today. And so fear stopped me from being in it. And so I kind of, I backed completely out of it. And I was like, uh, no, I mean, I signed up for it and everything. I wow. was just, you know, wow. just, and then I just backed completely out of it. I was like, no, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And then, so I started realizing that the, it was for me. Um, my, my daughter has a friend who was in prison and mm-hmm. that's how it started for me. Wow. And, um, and then one guy to the next and to the next and to the next. And then one guy told somebody else about me and another guy. And then they started writing me. And I was like, hey, God, what are you doing? And yeah. that's how yeah. I got into, you know, going to different 
uh, correction facilities for men. And that's yeah, so how, do you go visit them? Yes. Actually, I'm going to go see one of them tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to go visit him. He has a food visit tomorrow, actually. And I was oh, like, that's exciting. Yeah. Food visit. They got rid of food visits at Vandalia, which really? I felt I hated that for them. Because yeah. I was like, that's so fun. Like, that's that, such a fun thing. You it, know what I mean? You, not have yeah. chicken prison food. Like, yep. And it, it, it connects them back with the yes, world in some way. Yes, like, like, man. Like, some French fries. Yes. <laughs> bring me some Emo's pizza. Yes. Why not? I can't wait to eat that. And yes. So, oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah, we're going to have our, a food visit visit tomorrow and um but I didn't I, I never got back into the ministry I, I I never actually did any outside work like outreach work with them um in at Church on the Rock so I'm it was it's so this is so God because I was like okay God you know greet being a in the greeting ministry is amazing to me it's a blessing it's right. blessed my life right but you know how sometimes you still feel that pulling like oh, yeah. something is oh, yeah. there's something else there yeah. And um, just last week, I was getting out of my car and I prayed. I was going into church, was Bible study on a Wednesday, and I was praying. I said, Lord, I said, now, you know, God, you told us to acknowledge you in all things and you would direct our path. And I said, God, do you want me? Are you pulling and tugging on me to get in the prison ministry at, at Church in a Rock? And as soon as I was walking up to the building, the guy that's over it, Tim, he's over the prison ministry. He came from behind his truck and he was like, hi, Deborah. And I was like, God, <laughs> You're like, you just you. answered my prayer. And I said, Tim, I said, you never believe this. I just got out of my car and I was just asking God, Lord, is the prison ministry, this is where you want me to be. And this was last Wednesday. And he just started smiling. He was like, Deborah, I said, Tim, I just want to apologize. I should have been in this ministry probably for a while. And I said, but fear came yeah. in my life and yeah. I allowed it to hinder me for yeah. where I need to be. He was like, no, it just wasn't your season yet. But if it's your season now, you're always welcome to come home. Oh, that's amazing. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so um, we were sitting there talking and then I walked away and I said, God, you don't have to say anything else. You're like, I, 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 I know, right? <laughs> and I told him, I said, hey, Tim, I want to, I'll say, I'm going to email you Sunday. He said, I'll email you some more stuff. And because I had went as far as getting registered, you know, you got to go get registered yes, for it. Like I got all, all that. Yeah, yeah. And then I, that dirty enemy, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the devil himself was like, you're not going to know enough. Right. You're not going right. to know enough about the word of God to do this. Right. But I, I tell my family this all the time. Like the enemy would tell us, well, you know, you, you don't know enough. Well, now I know mm -hmm. that you know that I know enough. Yeah. Because so if you tell me that I don't know enough, right. that means you you know that That's I like do. That's like evidence that. Exactly. Yes. So that pumps me up. When an enemy tells me something negative, yeah. I say, wait a minute, hold on. So I'm learning. He's That's how dumb he is. Yeah. Because it's like, if you tell me that I can't do it, that means I can do it. Yeah. So it pumps me up and it builds my faith up even more. Yeah. So now, so starting next week, I'm getting into the prison ministry at Church in the Rock. That is so Because the exciting. fear is gone. You know, the fear is gone. I told God this year, no fear. Yeah. For God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but he did give us his power, his love, and his sound mind. Yep. And so I'm like, God, thank you so much for bringing this back to my attention. Yep. That this is something that I had asked you for a long time ago um, when my grandmother passed. You know, I my grandmother was is like the anchor. She was the anchor. Yeah of our family i mean yeah. seriously the anchor of our family just if you were going through anything you knew you can go down to grandma's house and she was mm -hmm. going to pray with you and give you scripture and she would always let me read her bible she would flip her bible around she would push it so slowly in my face and she would say little deborah mm -hmm. you read this right here and you read it out loud and everywhere you will see a dot because she would put little dots between the yeah. verse the, the scripture 
And she would say, well, everywhere you see a dot, you say your name. And you, she said, and when you say your name, you'll hear God talking to you. Mm-hmm. And so I started, I, and before I can even get the scripture out, and I will call my name as, for example, I'll give you an example because that can be kind of confusing. Um, the, okay, so no weapon formed against me should prosper is the scripture. No weapon formed against me should prosper. So I'll say, the, her dot will be at the beginning, it would say, Deborah, no weapon formed against you, Deborah, shall prosper. Mm-hmm. So when I will read it out loud, I can actually hear the Holy Spirit yeah. speaking through his word saying, I'm directing this to you. Yeah. And before I can even get it out, I will literally just start crying. Like I couldn't even finish the scripture, Jessica, because I can feel the presence of God speaking yeah. to me through his word. But my grandmother was an anchor. And I just remember last week I told God, I said, Lord, Please tell my grandmother that I love her and that I miss her. And I'm so grateful for her. So grateful for her consistency and her walk with you. And the things that she's taught this family about you, God, because if it wasn't for her and my mom, we wouldn't be in love with God the way that we are. But I am so grateful that my grandmother showed me that prison ministry is important because those men and women feel so lost and they feel like they have no one. And I just, I just honor God for that today to be able to say, Deborah, I have chosen you to be a vessel Mm -hmm. that I'm going to use your body to go in these ministries in these prisons and tell these men that I love them and I have not forgotten about them. And I'm just so pumped up to go and get in this ministry at Church in the Rock that I don't know what to do. I am so excited for yes. you. I, I just, I want to sing my song to them and yeah. let them know, you know, God is for you. And that's one of our sayings at, at, at uh, Church in the Rock. God is for you. Yeah. You know, so yeah, like I said, you guys, that's I amazing. can go on and on. And I love it. Bad. I love it so much. It's just such a joy to hear your heart and to hear what the word is doing and to hear just like, it's just it's just incredible to be able to look at each other's pillars and, yeah. and altars in our own life and be like, this is what God has done. It's just such a beautiful thing. Um, one thing that I really wanted to talk about um, quickly before we wrap up is, um, be- because I have you here on the mic, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as an African-American woman, I would just love to hear from you about just really um, real experiences that you've had in your life, real um, yeah. struggles that you've experienced from um, like our, our country or our community. Um, and just really honestly, just what um, you've walked through. And then also just like as your sister in Christ, like what it looks like for me to walk alongside you well. Yeah. Um, and so I would That's just awesome. love to hear just a little bit of your heart on that. Yeah. Um, and, and just to hear from you. There. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's awesome. I, 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 it's awesome that you asked me that because even in my my work at, at the Sparrow's Nest, we have these conversations all mm-hmm. the time because we want to learn from each other. Like, yeah. why do we do certain things that we do? Why do we say things differently? Why do we view things so differently? Right. And we're constant, constantly educating each other on these things. Yeah. And I tell them all the time, please do not be afraid to ask me questions. Yeah. If there's something you want to know, like, you know, why do black people do this? And why do black people do that? Don't be afraid and think that I'm not going to, I'm going to be offended by or get upset and so i make that i make sure i i uh, keep that door open at yeah. the sparrows nest so we can be able to relate to each other with that mm-hmm. but um 
we we talk about so many different subjects um, at, at Sparrow's Nest, and we had so many. I had questions for them, and they had questions. I'm the I'm 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 not the only Black African American woman there, so it's it's two of us yeah. there. Yeah, and so, I'm sure this is something that we could have like five podcasts on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much you can. And you know, it's I had I had a Caucasian woman ask me one time. She said, "Do you guys think that we're really that different?" I said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> different." I said, "But." In so many ways, we can still love each other and Absolutely. be on the same one accord with God. Um, we view things differently because I, this is just my intake on it. And I've shared this with um, my coworkers at work. A lot of Black African-American mothers have been single. Mm-hmm. We were raised single families. And that's all we saw. So when we see families that are, you know, whether it's, it's Asians or whatever, you know, outside of our race, they have a mother and father that lives in a house. That's that's almost heartbreaking for us because yes. that's something that we, a lot of us have never experienced. And so when we're being educated on certain things like how to discipline our kids or, you know, versus the way we were raised, it becomes kind of a fight. It's a war. Yeah. Like, yeah. because we're saying, okay, I, I get conscious discipline. I get that, but that doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. When sometimes it can work for, it can work for African American people if we had two people in the family, if there was a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. because then we can work together right. to make that happen for our kids. We can discipline our kids the same way. So, however, a Black African American person was raised, that's how they're going to most likely treat their kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that black African-American people mistreat their kids, but it's different when you're coming from a single household than from a family that has a mother and a father. Because experiences shape you. They shape who you are, no matter who, I mean, no matter who you are and what you've walked through, whatever your life experience has been, it's going to shape who you are and what you do. Totally. And so coming from a poverty home, which a lot of us do encounter poverty, mm-hmm. um, you know, low income, you know, uh, just trying to live off this system. And a lot of us try to beat the system to try to make it, but it's not intentionally. It's just the way that they were raised. Right. They thought that's what, you know. that's what they saw. Yeah. So, you know, when I see a lot of that in our young moms, black African and micro moms that come to Sparrow, um, that's one of my main goals is to make sure that they know that you don't have to have a poverty mindset. Mm -hmm. You don't have to um, depend on food stamps and welfare to take care of you or TANF to take care of you. Mm -hmm. You can get a job, you can work and make 10 times what the government is giving you, what state is giving you. Um, You can make so much more money. And some of them are so poverty mindset Mm -hmm. that they can't see past it. Like it's almost like, it's almost like a disease, you know, it's almost like an infection. It's almost like a virus that, you know, that it, it jumps from one person to the next. And so with all that being said, I, I, I was praying to God one day, I said, Lord, how can I reach black African-American mothers to let them know that that is not, that's not okay to think that way, that God has a different plan for their life, that he can um, show you that you can go to college. 
A lot of our family members have never been to college. We might have like one person in our family that go to college or that one family, their whole family mm-hmm. went to college. And so now, you know, some, and I'm not saying all black African-Americans think this way, but a lot of us do. It's like, well, if I didn't see my mom go to college, maybe that's not for me, you know, right. or maybe the way my mom was raised, maybe she lived on welfare all of her life or she lived off Tanith or she lived on uh, food stamps. That's the way I'm supposed to live. Or maybe I'm supposed to go to every food pantry every Tuesday and fill up my refrigerator, you know, or maybe I'm supposed to make sure that I'm supposed to get adopted by these organizations to be able to buy Christmas for my kids. So if my family's adopted by these different organizations, then that means I don't have to take my money to buy these different things, you know, these, these gifts for my kids for Christmas. And I mean, that mindset goes on and on and on. And it gets so deep, Jessica, to the point where it's hard to get them to see anything different. Because mm-hmm. you think about it, if they're raised that way by their mothers, who are, who are they going to trust? Oh, Me absolutely. or what their mom oh, totally. taught them? Absolutely. So that's like, that's one of my biggest goals when our mothers come to Sparrow and they have poverty mindset, whether African-American or Caucasian, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter the race. You know, I, if I see it, then that's, that's my opportunity to be able to say, Hey, this, you know, let's do something different. Did you know that you can do this? Did you know that you can get a full-time job? Did you know that you can make more money? Let's sit right. down. Let's, let's look at this income. Right. 234 a month is what you get on Tanith. You might get 260 some dollars and maybe in food stamps, but look at how much you can get a $900 check every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So you think about, do you want this or do you want that? And the reason why a lot of these mothers that have poverty mindsets, whether it's outside of, you know, African-American, is because it's never been introduced to them that way. They've never been taught that there's a different way. Right. So, you know, I have never really experienced prejudice, like people just being prejudiced towards me as a black African-American woman. And I'm going to tell you why. I thought about this the other day when I was driving in the car, I said, I think it's because I don't go out looking for it. Some people look for it. And when you look for it, then you will find it. And then sometimes you will see something there and it's really not there. The enemy will play tricks with our mind to make us think that person's prejudice and that person doesn't like you and that that person's prejudice against us. And then when you get that mindset, that's a dangerous road to walk down because now the enemy has you in a trap to make you think that Everything and everybody outside of your race is against you. So now you're using that excuse in life to say, this is the reason why I can't get a job because I'm black and they won't let me have it. Or this is the reason why I didn't get that promotion because I'm black and they didn't let me have it because I'm black. And then one of my main goals, like I said, in Sparrow is to let them see, you know, yes, Afri- I believe African-American people, we struggle. We it, And sometimes we're not going to get things based off our skin. Yeah. But because that's a very real reality. It too. is reality, yeah. you know, um, and I, I can share stories that my families have shared with me yeah. about it to yeah. say. And, 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 and we can say, well, maybe that's not what it was. No, those stories were fact. Yeah. They were proven yeah, that, was, that it was racist. Yeah. But God shows no favor. Yeah. God loves all everybody the same and that's what keeps me going it's god that keeps my heart from saying i don't like us i'm not gonna like people outside of my race yeah it's god because if it wasn't for god some of the stories that i've seen on the news you know the whole mike brown thing that was crazy you know um the enemy don't i'm not saying the enemy has never tried to make me dislike people outside of my race but 
It was God that said, Deborah, that's a trick from the enemy. I just this is what I would say to black African American sisters and men today. Um, find Jesus. You know, find Jesus when you don't even have to really find him. He's gonna come to you. When he knocks on the door, open it up and let him in and allow God to heal you from that prejudiced spirit because it's it's demonic and it, it'll hinder them from so much love. I mean, I have some of my best friends are Caucasians, you know. We hang out and we spend time together and we laugh. And I'm be honest, I don't know everything that they're talking about. They can have a conversation about something. And I'll be sitting there looking like, what in the world are you talking about? But then I'm not afraid to say, you guys, I don't understand that. What What are you guys talking about? And they'll explain it to me. And my friends would do the same thing with me. Deborah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And so, or, you know, you used a word that I never heard before, like slang. You used a slang word before and I never heard about it. And I'm like, okay, this is what that means. So that's what I do at Spirit on the Rock, yeah. you know, with uh, the family coaches. They're like, so Deborah, you know, one of the residents used this word. What does that mean? I'm like, that means that. And they're like, okay, I got it. And they'll go back. And they're so excited, you yeah. know. So they were even thinking, they were like, Deborah, you need to write a book, you know, That's just awesome. a little book or something, just keep it a sparrow. So yeah. when someone says something, we don't know, you know, I'll know what that means. But they have no idea. I'm at home always asking my kids, what does this mean? I, right. And what's the new slang in the street? Because I need to keep up with these girls at this rest, you know, at the, at the sparrow's nest. Yeah. So I'm learning from my kids too. That's but, so funny. It's um, so funny how fast that changes too. With yeah. Like, with, I it have siblings that are teenagers, and so I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, yes. Yeah, but they love when you can relate to them, yeah. though. Because sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll be in the kitchen, and the girls, the residents, they'll be in the kitchen, and they think that I don't know what they're talking about. I'll say, I know what you're talking about. And they're like, well, what, what, are we, what are we talking about? And I'll tell them, like, Miss Deborah, you shouldn't even know what that word oh, means. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. So. That is so funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, it just is such an honor to to be able to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, and, no, thank you. And being so willing and so generous to share your heart and to share your story yeah. and what the Lord has done. My one last question for you before we wrap up that I always ask everyone, um, and I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it again. I read a book in high school that said um, leaders must first be learners. And if you can't be a good learner, then you're never going to be a good leader. And so um, I want to position myself to be a good leader. And so I want to be a good learner. And so I want to know from you, what are you learning right now in this season of your life? I am actually learning this season in my life to um, get to know God's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I don't, then I'll end up hearing my own voice yeah. and lead myself down the wrong path. Yeah. So reading my word every day, getting to be more and more like Christ. I want to be a baby Jesus. I, I do. I just want to be a baby Jesus. I am learning so much from him. But the one thing that he is stressing the most this year with me is be confident, be bold, get to know my voice. Mm. And so when I hear his voice, I have no excuse. There's no yeah. excuse to say, well, I didn't know what to do. No, I, I know God's voice. His word said, um, my sheep should know my voice and the stranger they should not follow. Mm. So I know I got to learn his voice. Yeah. That's the top of the thing on my list this year. I love that. I think that's so good because, like, if we can hear the voice of God, like, we're golden. Yes. You know what I mean? Because then yes. you can, like, figure out how the heck to live your exactly. life. Exactly. Like, what to do and what decisions to make. And so that's just so rich and so good. And yeah. um, so good for all of us to remember, like, yes. regardless of where we are and what that looks like. So thank you so much for doing this. No, it has just thank been you. the greatest honor and the greatest joy. And I really appreciate you. No, thank you so much for coming to my home. You're more than welcome to come back. You're my sister in Christ, and I love you. We're going to. Give the migraine, the devil a migraine every day. Just doing this, God's gonna bless you. I love you. it. I'm I love it. Give him a migraine. I'm telling you. 
Isn't she just the sweetest? I kind of want to make Deborah my new best friend. So <laughs> I hope you guys really enjoyed this conversation. I know that I did, and I was just so grateful for her heart and um, the way that she loves people so well. You can just tell that she has such a passion for people and such a passion for the Lord. And it was just such a joy to sit down and have this conversation with her. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, I would be really grateful if you took some time to leave a review. Um, reviews help other people find the podcast easily, and it just is such a gift to me. So if you guys are really loving what you're hearing, I would really appreciate if you took the time to make that happen. Next week, I am talking with my friend Ty, and he is a pretty cool dude. I won't lie about it. I'm super stoked about our conversation. We got to squeeze it in right before he was actually leaving the country, and so um, we just had a really great chat, and I hope you guys will be back here next Tuesday on the True Speaks podcast.